0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking more Dynasty Startups on Roto Viz Radio. What's up,
2: Roto Viz?
1: Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We have returned after an unplanned hiatus last week. Uh, both of us had some things come up that essentially made it nearly impossible to record. I think that was the first time I went without podcasting uh in a given week in yeah. a very, yeah. very long time. So that will happen, but how are you doing, Curtis?
2: I'm doing fine, man. A little bit more of the same uh, this week, but I, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to getting back to football talk uh, with you in the show format. I mean, we've got the NFL draft coming up later this week. I'm really excited to get kind of our final, you know, volume three RotoViz fantasy football rookie draft guide rankings out. You know, we're going to pound those out, have them ready for everyone's rookie drafts next week, which is going to be you know, really great. We'll probably follow that up with a, a couple uh, articles to support the rankings as well. And and you know, this is really kind of kicks off, you know, startup season part two. And then then we get you know, it's full on best ball. I mean, you and I've been talking best ball, uh, whether it be FFPC, whether it be underdog, um, all off season to this point. But now we're really going to get the masses interested in drafting too. You know, people who have been sticking out because they wanted to solve for rookies. Uh, they're going to feel a little bit more emboldened and yeah, I mean, we're turning the hot corner, man. Like it's fantasy seasons upon us, uh, after this weekend, it's really great.
1: Yes. So with that in mind, I want to mention, um, that we've been getting good feedback on the episodes where we've been taking listeners through their teams, talking about things we can do to rebuild them. Uh, also on just general dynasty and how we would approach putting teams together That said, this is the time of year where it makes sense to do those, where there's kind of this lull up until the draft. But if there's other things that you want to hear about, shoot us an email and let us know. Um, Because we definitely get that there might be different topics. Not everybody wants all dynasty all the time. Obviously, as different things start to shift in the landscape, we'll get into other stuff. But my point being, if you want to hear some different topics, shoot us some things that you want to hear about. Um, I do think, though, I have a fairly interesting. Two interesting stat attacks already lined up for this week. So, Curtis, why don't you let me lay the uh, first one of the week on them? All right. So, as everybody knows, Debo Samuel said, uh, or sorry here, uh, odd transition. Debo Samuel, it's looking like wants out of San Francisco. Curtis, are you able to hear me? Yeah. Okay. I am currently frozen in a very odd position on the StreamYard screen. I don't know if it looks like that to you, but it does to me. All right, It it does,
2: but you're still a pretty face, so I'll
1: allow it. I appreciate that. I should mention Curtis tonight in the full suit looking as (laughs) dapper as one could possibly be. Question is, though, can he command as much on the NFL market as Debo Samuel? Probably not, but it looks like that's what Debo Samuel... (laughs) Is going to try and do apparently once out of San Francisco, I got interested in just looking at the way that he was used last year, purely in terms of rushing attempts and targets. And I went back since 2000, Curtis, there have only been 35 seasons. Now, some of the players that recorded those seasons, uh, did so a couple of times, for example, Alvin Kamara. But we only have 35 seasons with a player recording 50 plus rushing attempts and 100 plus targets. But where it gets interesting is that Debo is the only wide receiver to do it. Everybody sure. else, running backs. So you got a lot of Ladanian Tomlinson, guys like Christian McCaffrey, of course. He is the only wide receiver that was able to do it. Um, that, I think, is the stat attack in and of itself. But what I did want to do was take a step back here and ask you, as you are considering players like Debo, who now is kind of in this odd situation, right? Does this change how you are thinking about him if people either approach you about making a move where he's going to go onto your roster or people are trying to get him off of your roster?
2: this It's probably easiest to back up and not talk about Debo before we talk about Debo. So, you know, players coming off of career seasons often are labeled as, you know, easy sell targets. Right. And I think that's largely been the narrative around Debo. I mean, his managers have obviously been really ecstatic about the value gains that they got off of that player uh, as, you know, really probably er more of an early second round rookie pick a couple of years ago. And then exploding the way he did, you know, they're feeling great. I've got a potential second or third round startup player, another potential second or third round startup player value-wise on my roster. Um, And then, you know, you've got all this stuff already pushing against his value this offseason. The potential quarterback change, the offensive coordinator change, who really, it's coming more and more to light that, you know, maybe Mike McDaniel had a lot more to do with the yak attack Uh, offense in San Francisco maybe than we knew before because he's definitely talking a lot about it uh, in his early days of, of deploying it in Miami. So you've got all these reasons to maybe be skeptical about Debo Samuel repeating that performance already pushing him down but then you get the contract stuff and then you get the trade demands. So at what point does he become more of a value and I think you know this most recent stuff of him saying well you know, I've I've demanded a trade, I've officially requested one. And then you've got Shanny basically saying, you know, there's there's no way, you know, we don't have a lot of interest in trading this player. Um, I, I think we're to the point where some dynasty managers could be like, it's time to divest. I'm just gonna take some of these profits and move on. And, you know, he's still young enough that I, I think he could be, you know, pretty interesting, even if he does change teams, even if he's not used in exactly the same way. Um, you still like you know, the, the heavy build, um, he's shown how dynamic he is, even if he's not used in kind of this backfield, uh, deployment where he's touching the ball extra times per game. Honestly, I'd be happy to trade the five or eight carries for, you know, two more receptions and the 25 yards he would get on those from a fantasy perspective. There really just isn't much difference. What we liked about Debo's role in 2021 was that it became, you know, insanely projectable in terms of, you know, getting high value touches one way or another. So, you know, I guess all of that being said, I think we'll see an ADP slide in post-NFL draft startups because we're going to see two things happen. Uh, The early drafted rookies will rise up the board as they always do. And these kind of what do I do with them players will get pushed down. I would not be surprised to see Debo fall into the fourth round of startups after the NFL uh, draft occurs. And you could probably get him for like, a first plus instead of like three firsts, which he might've been, you know, back in January, he he's teetering on the buy line for me. I'm not going to put that designation on him officially. Uh, but I'm intrigued enough to maybe start kicking the tires. And I definitely was, wouldn't have said that two months ago.
1: Got it. Um, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, That kind of lines up with where I am. It's an interesting when you paint that full context, he's definitely an interesting kind of case study to see where he's going to land, just especially with how exciting of a player is and how rare he seems, given that stat attack that we just mentioned. Reminder to everybody, you want to get in on these startups. We're going to be talking about the Rotoviz Triflex, Uh, startup that we have now completed if you are going to play dynasty we think that rotoviz triflex is the best format to do it in so definitely head over to my ffpc and check out the leagues but we are all done with the startup that curtis and i were in um we have made all of our moves this team is now complete i am going to quickly Name off the players. I know that's not particularly exciting, but people might be interested to know who we ended up with. Quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Deshaun Watson, Jack Cone. Running back, Tyler Algier, Zonovan Knight, Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, Daryl Henderson, and Tony Pollard. Wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb, Marquise Brown, Tyreek Hill, Kendrick Bourne, Alan Lazard, Byron Pringle. Uh, It was... Just uh doing some donuts. I don't know if you read that
2: story, Curtis. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, Zay uh, Jones. Our players already get into trouble, man. Devontae Parker, Devontae Adams, Kadarius Tony, Tom B. Tremble, Travis Kelsey, Gerald Everett, Mo Alley Cox, Cole Komet. So we ended up landing in a prototypical, really zero running back type of build very focused on winning in the short term. I do think that we got in some pieces that could carry us through the long term. One of the things we talked about was that big trade that we made to move up and get Tyree Kill. This squad has now finished. I'm going to ask you, Curtis, are there things now that we need to start to do to improve this squad that we should be doing now, or do we wait and let the dust settle for a little bit?
2: It's going to be pretty difficult. I mean, my experience in startups, you know, over the past decade or so is there's all this, you know, flourish of activity um, during the startup, extra trades being made, you know, for context, uh, the rookies are included in this startup. Um, So there's no rookie draft that's going to occur, you know, and, and that's normally the next thing that would happen you know, if a startup occurred like in January and it was on a my fantasy league, like a private invite league, and they didn't include the rookie picks for some reason, you know, maybe the rookie draft would be that next opportunity to trade. You know, most of the managers in this league, I think are going to feel pretty good about the plan they executed. Now, many of them are going to be really wrong because I look at a team like ours and I wonder how we were able to do it. (laughs) Um, And there's, you know, two or other, uh, two or three other teams that I I feel like um, did a, a nice job of really executing a plan that you can be like, all right, they weren't just like, value hunting and ended up with a hodgepodge squad. Like they actually, you can see what they're trying to do over the next two or three years. So, you know, there might be some teams that we could kick the tires on. In particular, there's a roster or two that I know did not end up with the, the concentration of wide receivers that they, they would have liked to have had. You know, uh, I think we had two or three different teams, Dave, that consistently through the startup, we had talked about, you know, maybe trading CD Lamb for a young elite running back. Um, a couple of the, I, I think there were a couple managers maybe who are newer to the Rotovis Triflex setup with the mandatory start three wide receivers. And they pulled off a more traditional FFPC dynasty startup style draft where they took three, four, five running backs, you know, in the first six, seven rounds, even of a super flex. And so they really, it really ended up over-invested yep. and where's that elite, you know, target getter. So I think there are moves we could make. But I I pretty much just like our team. I think we've got uh I, I think we got a great chance to win the flex considering the scoring here. You know, we have uh we have three solid startable quarterbacks, assuming that Deshaun Watson's available week one with Deshaun, Jameis, and and Tannehill. And then we're we've got some nice depth with some future upside at tight end. And in that tight end premium scoring, you just never know how many of those guys could break into your starting lineup each week in, in those additional two flex positions. So we expect that Kelsey will make his way in there one way or another. But when you think about Gerald Everett going to the Los Angeles chargers and being paired with Justin Herbert and Mo Ali Cox now not competing with the other tight ends in Indianapolis uh, in that tight end friendly you know system with Frank Reich, you know, I think he could be a real touchdown, uh, you know, a real sleeper touchdown guy, you know, eight to 10 touchdowns this year. Cole Komet in his third year, second year of Justin Fields under center. And then Tommy Trimble. I, I was tweeting about him earlier this week, second year with Carolina. I think he would really compare favorably uh, to the top tight ends in this year's rookie draft. It's just that last year was a little deeper. Of course, Kyle Pitts uh, kind of headlining that class. But if if Tommy Trimble were coming out in this class, I think we'd be talking about him right there in the mid second, you know, along with the, the guys at the top. So I really like what we did there. And then, you know, with, with the wide receivers, it's just, we've got kind of every style there. I mean, CD Tyreek and Devonte Adams. I mean, that is just an absolute lethal trio of starters. And then to still have, you know, the, the weekly upside with Hollywood and, you know, Kadarius Tony, both being kind of electric players, uh, big play artists. And we have some low key potential target hogs here. Could Devonte Parker be the new number one in new England? Will Alan Lazard be the one B in Green Bay? Will they or will they buck the historical trends and actually draft a receiver in the first round for only the second time since nineteen eighty eight or third time since nineteen eighty eight, Dave? Wow. The Packers took first round receiver in nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine, Sterling Sharp. And then at again, in in uh, the early two thousands, I, I think it was two thousand four, maybe or or three. Javon Walker. Those are the only two first rounders. Wow, that Green Bay has taken at wide receiver like since I was born. Wow. Um. So that's why I'm a little bit on Lazard here. So I, I like our squad. I think we're already definitely uh, favorites. You know, for you know, title contention. You know, top three points scored this year. We'll have to see how the draft unfolds. See if we can get. Some favorable landing spots for our rookies. You know, I was, I was running down our, our rookies. We did not really go heavily here. We, we did take Jack Cohn with one of our last picks. We'll talk about him here in a minute and why I was on him a little bit in like the 25th round of this draft. We did get personal favorite of our, our podcast here, Tyler Algier, which I was very happy about. And then just, you know, Bam Knight, Zonovan Knight out of NC State is kind of a, a big time flyer, you know, super late too. So not super young. We're going to try to win our you know win this league in the first you know year or two and continue to value hunt and future rookie draft Dave that's our plan.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: For sure. Now, one thing that uh I was thinking about post this draft, and I was kind of thinking about how people that listen to the show, if they wanted to go back, they could kind of listen to the thoughts that we had while we were working our way through it and kind of use that as a blueprint. Then you started talking about uh, you know, how there were some teams that clearly had a plan that they executed. And one thing that I would often recommend to people in auction drafts is to try to get results of drafts that have finished look at how some teams got built, ones that looked like they had a clear plan and think about ways that you could emulate that at the same time being aware that you might have to have a couple of plans that you pivot to. So I think that this draft was a good example Uh, We did not head in zero running back. Things fell out that way. And we kind of knew how to play it through that repetition of having done it so many times. So what I would recommend to people, too, that are just getting into their first uh, startup or, you know, maybe this is their second or their third in Dynasty. Talk to people that you know that have been in some, see what some of these teams look like and get an idea of the different ways that you can build those teams. Um, Because I do think that it's really important, like Curtis said, that you're just not value hunting, that you have that plan in place, which shouldn't be anything new if you've been listening to the show for a while. Um, But I always find that to be a good reminder. Now, Curtis, as you mentioned, we did not go very heavy um, into the rookies, however, We did end up with a couple. You mentioned uh, Mr. Jack Cohn. You care to elaborate on why he's of interest?
2: Yeah, um, in in a weak quarterback class, you know, Cohn's got some stuff going for him. So a a little bit of background uh, on him. You know, he started at Wisconsin um, as a junior back in 2019. Uh, He, you know, he was their primary starter. Had an 18 to five touchdown uh, to interception. Uh, ratio completed almost 70% of his passes. Um, He was not the starter in in 2020 uh, was not part of that season transfers to Notre Dame in 2021 uh, starts for them completes over 65% of his passes. Again uh, has 25, seven touchdown interception ratio. So, you know uh, almost 25 starts, I think 26 starts under his belt. And what I liked about him is that I think he projects as draftable um, you know, most of the the big uh, media outlets have him uh, as a day three guy, but I'm not really seeing anybody have an undraftable grade on him. And when you put him in the road of his uh, prospect box score scout, the first screen that I always do before I solve for draft position is just see who looks similar mm-hmm. without entering that in. And and what this is a kind of a a cool first step is just like who had similar college careers and similar athletic measurables, you know, to these players before I enter in. Okay. Every single one of his top 10 matches was drafted in the top 16 of the NFL draft day. Wow. First half of the first round, all of his closest uh, comps. Now there's definitely some big misses there, but I think what's interesting for me is perhaps we get a player that just accrues a ton of value right away. Like maybe he low key goes into third round and the NFL is just way higher on this profile than we would have anticipated, you know, having started for two, you know, pretty big time programs and having all those starts under his belt and accuracy as one of his calling cards. So we get Mark Sanchez, Blake Bortles, Christian Ponder is pretty rough so far. Um, but then you get Ryan Tannehill, uh, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford amongst, um, positive names in that list. Then you also get Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, EJ Manuel, Blaine Gabbert. Now, Jack Cohn's probably in, in the bad group here. Yeah. He has zero mobility to speak of. This is like Peyton Manning-level mobility. He's, he's going to have negative rushing yards uh, in the stat sheet every year. But you, know, just, you only have to rewind to last year, to Davis Mills, who was pretty gross for the most part. You know what he was really singing his praises, but it's kind of the same type of prospect where it's like yeah he might be able to go a little higher than than, than I think. Um you know I think I can see the NFL liking him maybe more than than I do. He ends up starting the material portion of the season for the Texans and now it looks like you know he's going to get a second year. So, you know, maybe Jack Cohn finds his way into something like that, but it's an end of the draft punt for sure. You know, and I just wanted to have, you know, one extra name there at quarterback because, you know, we did trade away in order to build this machine that we built. We traded away our first and second in 2023. And next year is going to be a pretty solid you know, quarterback class, assuming that the right names declare and there aren't any unforeseen injuries. So I liked the idea of adding a little bit of value at the position here.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing to keep in mind, too, uh, when you are looking at the box score scout and you're looking at quarterbacks, just finding guys in a comp group that played games is huge. Right. Because so few quarterbacks actually even get to the point where they're recording games, which largely with this type of pick is what we want. So like this pick would be successful if at any point, uh, Jack Cohn logs some games, but also it's successful for us. If post draft, like you said, he's able to accrue any value.
2: You know, you keep going further down the list here. Even if I expand this to his top 21 comps, I mean, I'm on page two now. We could just do this live on air and see how far down I have to go. There's only one. I mean, so far, none of his top 21 uh, sim players in the tool were drafted below pick 48, so the mid-second. I mean, all of these guys started NFL games. Here's page two. Bridgewater, Zach Wilson, Danny Jones, uh, Drew Locke, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, Jimmy Clausen, Andy Dalton, Josh Allen, Brandon Whedon, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I wonder how much further we're going to have to go. Okay, so we get onto page three we still have a bunch more you know, round one NFL picks and you start to get into those uh, round three and four guys. Um, Andrew, Andrew Lux here, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Jake Locker, Jared Goff, Mac Jones, Dwayne Haskins. We start to get a little bit uh, crazier here with Ricky Stanzi and Garrett Grayson, but another name that's kind of cool because you wouldn't have thought of this guy as an exciting NFL prospect. Now he's been a starter for you know like a decade, is Kirk Cousins. You know, mm-hmm. he he went a little earlier than you would have thought. You know, top of round four, as the second QB drafted by the same team in that draft, they took RG three in the first round, mortgaged the entire future for him, and they still took Kirk Cousins. So you just don't know sometimes what the NFL is going to do. It's a quarterback starved league, and uh, you know I think that's the type of pick that you know even if we miss on Cone, it was a process pick. Now at running back, um, we we mixed in Algier and and Zonovan Knight late because we didn't even select a running back in the startup until round eight, Dave. Leonard Fournette at eight eleven was our first running back selection. And, uh, you know, we, we were pretty excited to land a potential RB1 yes. in this upcoming season that late. And uh, mixing in, you know, other value plays like Chase Edmonds and, and Tony Pollard um, kind of scrapping together a, a weekly starting lineup there. But Algier profiles like, you know, a high touch back at some point um, and then, you know, Bam Knight was a, an elite uh, prospect and, you know, he's, he might go undrafted, but the chatter that you're hearing in the last week, uh, uh, this, this was on uh, NBC sports edge, uh, newsfeed, some NFC, NFC, scouts talking about that, you know, they just don't see the point in drafting early RB this year. They think there's a lot of talent in the potential UDFA pool and, uh, stops just short of guaranteeing there'd be a thousand yard rusher um, from that, that pool. So, you know, Sean kind of hinted at that, uh, he and I stopped by, uh, the good football, uh, show uh, with Pat packering last week and we and Sean was talking about, you know, could this be a year where we find a Philip Lindsay, you know, type player. And so, you know, this was really just our, our way of, you know, rolling the dice on, on that type of prospect. He's not, a, not a player we've talked about on the podcast really at all. Yeah. Um, but if you rewind a couple of years ago, uh, he was pretty beloved in in Debbie circles. And so I, I've just had his name in my head ever since Travis mentioned him to me like back in 2019.
1: <laughs> of course, Travis mentioned him. Yeah. Right. All right. So um, that takes us through that startup that we went through. We are feeling good there. Reminder to go and check out those Triflex leagues. Curtis, I got to ask, um, have you been getting in any last minute drafts on underdog to sneak in these rookies before their ADPs explode? Uh,
2: I, I have not entered an underdog draft in the last two weeks. I've just been waiting for the NFL draft. I did uh, 85. Uh, I did 85 of the uh, early best ball tournament there. And now I'm just kind of waiting uh, for the page to turn. Um, I do want to talk rookies and sophomores, um, very soon. So we're going to have to do that. Uh, But this is a a, kind of a natural reminder. Make sure if you haven't been playing, uh, the underdog uh, tournaments or really any underdog fantasy at all, you actually get a hundred dollars, uh, match from them with your hundred dollar deposit. If you just use code Rotovis. Um, so go to underdog fantasy and download their app or go to their website, Use promo code Rotaviz get a hundred free bucks with your hundred dollar deposit.
1: Now is the time to sandwich it, sandwich in a couple of those running backs that are projected yeah. in like the you know fourth, fifth, sixth round. In case any of those guys move up, that price is going to shoot up. So I've been making sure to try to get some of those guys onto my squads. That does it for today's episode. Unless Curtis, you had something you wanted to add. No. All right, we will be back with you, fine folks, on Tuesday morning.